celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And you sit over there. Come over. Come over here. Come over here. I'm sorry, getting all the animals in line for Animal Radio. Get that one right over there next to you. Get boob. You're like a cat herder. I am a cat herder. We have to get them all together for the big show. The big show. And the big show today has Jay Rodriguez from Groomer Has It on Animal Planet. You also remember him from, uh, what was that show? Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Clear eye for oh queer, queer eye. eye queer eye for the straight guy. Yes. I didn't see that. I heard a lot of things about that. It was but funny. I know that Jay's doing a phenomenal job as host of Groomer Has It on Animal Planet. He has the backstage stories to tell us. Also, your calls at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. And as we do every week, we usually have a celebrity, but I don't see a celebrity. Who's the celebrity this week? I can't tell you. You can't tell me, or you won't tell me. Well, kind of both. Well, I guess I could tell you, but I won't because you'll blab it. You see, this is the deal. You won't tell me anything that's going on anymore because you think I have a proverbially big <laughs> mouth. Of course, I am a radio host, so I'm supposed to. We have Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, joining us later on. What are you going to be talking about, Vlade? And Vlade will be the ultimate celebrity. And Vlade is going to talk <laughs> about the four rules to your dog's people total transformation. And I will take the questions and I will give you solutions to any behavior problem in dogs and I will fix one dog at a time and the most misbehaved and any problems you're experiencing will be fixed on this radio show. Ooh, very good. Also, with your veterinary questions, Dr. Debbie White, one 405 8405 That's the number to connect with us now. Animal Radio, who's this? Hi, this is Loretta Red from Santa Barbara, California. Hi, Loretta. How are you doing? I'm great. Are you listening on uh, KTMS? I am. Okay, very good. What is your question? How can we help you today? Well, I have this new little kitten. Um, he's about, now he's about uh, eight months old. Mm-hmm. And he takes all of his toys and puts them in my dog's water bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've never had a cat that dunked its toys in the water bowl. And it's not like he, he gets them wet and then pulls them out and plays with them. He just leaves them there. Well, all I can say is be glad it's not the toilet bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those are closed. So, I mean, is there a reason that cats want to get their food wet or their prey or... Is, do you think he's just trying to hide them? or You know what? I don't, I don't know what instinctually drives that. I've always known cats that will take their toys and they'll put them in one place or another. Oftentimes, we have actually a studio cat that dumps toys in the water bowl In their here. water bowl all the time. We find the water bowl full of toys. Uh-huh. And, and we find it endearing. And uh, <laughs> we, we sort of just deal with it because we know okay. that whatever, whatever they're doing, it's a little game to them. They're having fun. <laughs> and really what harm is is done with it you know you dry off well, the toys and i have to admit that you know there's little mice that are covered with rabbit fur oh, whatever kind of no. fur they have. Yeah. the first time i found one of those floating in there it did sort of send me off the edge <laughs> but uh, i've come to understand that other little toys have joined it so i won't worry about him <laughs> yeah i don't know if they're trying to wash them off or wash their food if it's something instinctual we've had cats or, i had one cat that would put toys in the bathtub so huh you would, you would actually them or whatever yeah. you know i 
I, they do have salivary glands, aren't they? They're, they? they're not like raccoons where they have to get their food wet. No, they, they don't have to get their food wet. But okay. uh, And, you know, it may be a water bowl one day, maybe something that's dry later in another area. Uh-huh. I know Judy's always talked about finding stashes of toys that huh. uh, went disappearing for a long time, and then suddenly you would find them, what, under a pillow somewhere? Mm-hmm. Or, I see. I uh, see. So they're just looking for a place to put them, and... Uh, and, you know, I guess uh, I always play along with it. I, you know what? We're going to have to get an expert on and find out what that's all about. <laughs> okay, well, so far he hasn't tried to drown the dog, so I guess we're safe. That's, that's a good, good. sign. That's yes. very good. We thank all you. Right. Thank, thank you, you so much for Keep listening. Good work. Hold on a second. We're going to say, okay. what's your cat's name? Jumpin' Jehoshaphat. I call him Jojo for short. Okay, let's get a dog toy and a cat toy, and they can put each other's toys in each other's water bowl, okay? Okay, will right. do. Hold on one second. All righty. Hi, Animal Radio. Who's this? This is Sue. Hi, Sue. How are you doing? I'm doing just great today. How are you doing? Very good. Where are you calling from? Well, I'm in Florida, but we're from Maine. In Florida? (laughs) Are you on vacation? No, I drive a tractor trailer. Wow, I love it. Women tractor trailer drivers. I love it. (laughs) There's a lot of us out here now. Yes. Yes. Do you drive alone? No, I don't. I drive with my husband, and we drive with Munchkin. Munchkin? Yes, our little our little son, I say. Aww. What uh, what kind of animal is Munchkin? He's a Shih Tzu. Does he like traveling? He does. He's been on the truck since he was a puppy. Uh, and now he's kind of like, I don't know if he likes it anymore, but he has to tolerate it. He has no choice. Sure, <laughs> sure. He's well, got to be with you know, Mommy and Daddy. That's right. I can't leave him home, you know, so he's got to come on the truck. He does do his little dance, though, once in a while out here, huffing and a-puffing, so. <laughs> well, and that's what I wanted to ask you about. Uh-huh. I wanted to find out, he only gets anxiety attacks, you know, every once in a while. Uh-huh. And I was wondering what you can do for that besides giving him... Um, a, a small dose of tranquilizer. Ooh, yeah, the tranquilizer is kind of heavy duty. Well, I give him a very, very, very tiny, tiny, tiny bit. But it just takes the edge off. But I was just wondering if anybody else had that kind of problem with their dog. You know, there's a product called D, it's the initials, D-A-P from Comfort Zone. It comes in different varieties. There are plug-ins, but there's also a spray you can spray right. it in the cab of the truck before you get in it, and it'll calm him. You can also place a bandana oh. around his neck and spray it on the bandana so he's constantly smelling it in. And you won't be able to smell anything, but he'll be able to pick up the scent. And what it is is a pheromone of a lactating mother puppy, a mother dog. Oh, my God. Which, That's awesome. Which the, the dog will smell and will remember when he was nursing with mom and everything was calm and everything was great, and it'll help relax him. And this is portable. You can put on a bandana or take with you. Now, what is it I always say about that? Yeah, Hal says it's 50-50. We get people that swear by it and other people that say it doesn't work. But the good thing okay. is, is that it's not harmful. It's not anything that your dog has to ingest. It's just something you can spray in the air. So, so you can give well, it a... You know what? It's worth a try. Yes, it is definitely worth a and try. it's called Deep... DNP, 
DAP, Dog Appeasing Pheromone, it's uh, sold in the like Petco and Pet Smarts and pet stores under the name of Comfort Zone. Comfort Zone with Comfort DAP. Zone. They have that for both cats okay. and dogs, either one. And there's you know there's other medicines that are between the tranquilizer and the Comfort Zone and your veterinarian might be able to help you with that. If these are the only times that your dog seems stressed and it doesn't seem like you have to go full board on on all those medicines. And of course, I remember traveling across the country with a cat and putting them uh, under one of those tranquilizers and swore I would never, never do it, never do it again. No. Well, see, that's why I don't like doing it. But I, And the amount that I give him is so small. It just, like I said, I've given him over too much, but this time, I know how much to give him. But this sounds like it will work. It may do the job. And then, of course, just making it feel like home where he is, making sure his toys are there and his, his oh, usual things. It's bad. He's spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got it all. This dog, I think that's one of his problems, is he's too spoiled. Ah, <laughs> ah, so he's got your number is what you're saying, huh? Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, you know, when you're with them 24-7, yes. you know, they get that way. They're like a child. Absolutely. I understand that. My cats are my children, too. And by the way, I want to mention, coming up in just a few minutes, Judy has a special feature. She's going to be talking about why pets are better than kids. <laughs> and that's coming up oh, right here. My. Oh, that's perfect. I'm going to listen. Thanks for calling. Hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Flabacin keeps cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. Hear what people are saying about Flabacin. Concerning my dog Zodiac, I started her on the Flabacin um, probably about a month and a half ago. I have to tell you, for a 13-year-old German Rottweiler um, with spinal arthritis, she made a turnaround in less than seven days. We had thought that we would, might be losing her this year and have to put her down, but she seems to be really reacting to it very well. To find out more, visit www.yourolderdog.com. That's yourolderdog.com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Hey, this is Caesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. 
Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You do a good fair amount of TV watching. Yes, I do. I'm a TV-holic. And you told me about this program several weeks ago called Groomer Has It on Animal Planet. It's a new reality show. I love it. When you told me about it, uh-huh. I did everything I could do to possibly just stay away from the show. <laughs> I, I said, another reality show? You get We need another though. reality show. <laughs> but you were watching it, uh-huh. and I sort of sat down next to you in, the, in our lounge here at Animal and Radio. I noticed you didn't leave. I didn't leave. I got hooked in. <laughs> I got drawn in. This is, you know, the Groomer Has It is a reality-based show. They have 12 contestants, and if you love animals, or even if you don't love animals, you'll love this show. The host is Jay Rodriguez. You'll remember him from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and he's doing a phenomenal job. He's also our guest today. Hi, Jay. How are you doing? Well, hello, and thank you for all that praise on the show. It's, it's been a really, really fun uh, show to, to be on. I've done a lot of reality TV, some good, some not so good, and I actually <laughs> really like this show. These 12 groomers come together. What are their backgrounds, basically? Well, you know what I didn't really know is that to be a groomer, there really is not, you know, you don't have to be excuse me, qualified. Uh, you know, it's usually on experience. Some people go to school, some people get certificates, but there is no governing thing. So, so we have contestants on the show, some grooming over 30 years, some grooming just two years. And surprisingly... You know, finding it neck and neck between people with, you know, with contestants with lots of experience and contestants with not so much experience doing pretty much an equal job on some of the dogs is very surprising. What are they being asked to do? You know, we put them through a series of challenges. The first, it's, they have basically two challenges per episode or per, you know, per two, each episode took two days. So the first day, it would be a dog-related challenge. Um, mostly educational for them as a groomer, and it always kind of be like, well, as a groomer, it's important that you know how to X, Y, and Z, whatever it would be. And like, let's say this, uh, this past week's episode was, um, they did herding dogs, but they didn't know they were doing herding dogs the first day, and they hadn't yet groomed a real live dog, so I took them to a barn. Uh, where they had to shear sheep, <laughs> um, and that was just a that was just sort of a fun challenge to kind of get them, you know, a little bit um, a little out of their element. I think they were really eager to get hands on a dog. And then finally, the next day for the elimination challenge, they did have to uh, shear. They did have to groom uh, bearded collies, which are shown in their natural coat. And uh, and it was a really fun challenge because uh, these are big dogs. It was the first time they had. Uh, groomed the dog on our show that was living. <laughs> We'd given them yarn dogs before, which are used as uh, <laughs> teaching tools. Uh-huh. So it was really fun for them, and, and the dogs were, uh, some of them were puppies, so they're a bit rambunctious, and uh, and actually some of the groomers had never um, groomed a bearded collie before. They're not uh, a very common uh, breed to be taken to groomers. Um, so some of them were like, I've never even seen this breed before, which was very interesting. Uh-huh. Now, the grand prize for them, I mean, they, they, if they win this, they'll uh, not only get the recognition, but they get a lot of equipment too, don't they? Yeah, you know, what's so so uh, incredible about this, it really gives them the tools to move forward. They get titled, you know, Groomer, Groomer of the Year, which is a prestigious title in that industry. Also, they win $50,000 cash. And I think what really makes the competition phenomenal is they get um, a mobile grooming truck valued at over $80,000, which is totally pimped out. You know, it has all the grooming, uh, the bathing, the drying area, but also has like a plasma screen in there and a microwave and a refrigerator. I mean, it's a really beautiful truck. Um, And, you know, that can really make the difference between, you know, someone just working at a salon, you know, not really 
creating their own path and, and, and really making the difference between having their own business and being an entrepreneur. And, and, it, and it's just a really great opportunity. On the opposite side, someone's probably not going to get a lot of business. At least a few of those groomers aren't going to get a lot of business. They've had troubles like with the yarn doll so far. Right, <laughs> right. One of the legs broke yeah. off, and I understand there was a little, there was some, uh, how do I put this delicately? <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I guess grooming the uh, the uh, the rear area with the wrong uh, right, tools. Right. We did have a groomer last week who, they were grooming uh, bearded collies, and they are known for their masks because they're, they're herding dogs in their playoff a lot, and they have this long hair, and he was grooming this dog, but using the wrong tools. Uh, on, it was like he was using a slicker brush on the genitalia area, which was matted, ah, and ouch. that was apparently not the correct approach. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really. I have two Yorkies, and you know, I keep them groomed between groomings, but I, I have a, a very good groomer who handles all that stuff for me, and they're usually never matted, so I never even heard of anything like that, and so, yeah, he was penalized for that, and he was actually, he tested and was really concerned because he, A, had never found himself in that situation with that kind of a time crunch, two hours to groom a big dog like that. And also, you know, he'd never been in this situation before where he felt like he was hurting an animal. And it was it was a very, I mean, it was brought to his attention. We do have a, uh, a veterinarian and a, a representative from the ASPCA on there. So once that did start to happen, they shot it and they were like, okay, stop. Just don't move forward no more. That's it. You know, once they caught him, the uh-huh. uh, dog was yelping, as you saw on the show, and that was it. It was cut off. Like, you know what? You're not allowed to groom that area of the dog. The dog's <gasps> saying no. We're saying no. It's done. Move on. Uh-huh. You know? So he did He did show the dog without, you know, dematting it completely because the dog was in pain and just decided to cut our losses and say, okay, let's just, you know, trim the area instead of, uh, clip, you know, instead of just trying to comb up a knot. Tell me about these judges here, especially this Joey Volani. Is it Volani? Oh, yeah. I love Joey. Joey is like the big, like, Sopranos yes. He's like, he's a, you know, he's a master grooming instructor. He has um, the Nash Academy. He's, you know, he's a director of, um, he's a, the director there. And he is just a really, really all-around great guy. Really big teddy bear. But, you know, he's Jersey, so he has that, that bit of a Jersey thing going on. Uh, but he's a phenomenal groomer himself. So he does, you know, he has a lot of compassion for groomers because he is one, but he also knows his way around a dog and, and, and all the breeds that we have on the show. I mean, he, he judges grooming competitions worldwide. So he's pretty familiar with all that stuff, and he is just, I think, an all-around, you know, pleasure to have on the show. He's, I think, one of the strongest judges. And then we have Doc Halligan, Doc Karen Halligan, and she is a... Uh, a veterinarian, and she um, kind of, I think it's great to have on the show because she does really sort of the medical angle of grooming because she does see a lot of, uh, you know, dogs in her practice that have been misgroomed, meaning that they've been groomed, but they, someone, you know, someone left water in the dog's ears, which turned into um, an ear infection, or left the product on, which, you know, gave the dog a chemical burn, or, you know, just like really... She seems the the downside of, of of the grooming industry. So she's always trying to teach these groomers, you know, the, the safety um, tips that they should keep in mind when grooming dogs. And then we have um, Xavier Santiago, who is our resident Simon Cowell, uh, <laughs> who is a uh, a dog handler. He's um he's a dog presenter. I'm glad you said that because that was my comments to Hal. Well, exactly. You know yeah, he's a little heavy-handed, um, <laughs> but you know it's funny because he also—it's so interesting because I've done so much reality television. I, I'm 
always aware that everything I say <laughs> can be taken on its own. You know, every sentence can be edited into another. So I'm always aware, you know, of what I'm doing. And so a lot of the contestants and some of the judges were like, oh, my God. Oh my God! I hope I don't come out looking mean. I don't. I'm like, well, you maybe want to check your actions during the shooting process. You know. I'd like to see Xavier and Joey go at it. That's what I'd like. Oh, they do. They will. Keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> they did not always agree. Actually, I think Karen and Xavier and Joey, uh, you know, the three of them were had some pretty heated arguments on set. Um, most of them, I think, will air. We're talking with Jay Rodriguez, who's the host of Animal Planet's new top dog reality show, Groomer Has It. Now, at home, you have not only a couple of Yorkies, which you just alluded to, but you have a frog. I don't have a frog anymore, but I do have an aquarium. I have two finches and several plants, and I have some betta fish. I have to tell you that I have a little something from air, land, and sea in the apartment. <laughs> it's a resident Noah's Ark, if you will. I love it. I love it. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Encouraging. Yeah, thanks for having me. And continue to enjoy the show. It airs every Saturday night on Animal Planet at 9 p.m. Tivo it if you have to, okay? Saturday yeah, night. Jay, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Vinny Penn coming at you on Animal Radio, your resident party animal, if you don't mind my saying so. I want to take a few minutes of your time today to talk about something that's called the Watchdog Report. It's basically a, a compilation of a, a list of names of the people who've made the most money in a given year. Uh, what's interesting about this is uh, the goal of the Watchdog Report is to take a look at all of the major nonprofit organizations and, and just kind of filter out if the money's going into the right place or not. And, of course, uh, PETA would play a big role in such uh, listing. And in the case of PETA, they actually have a parallel organization, a foundation to support animal protection that uh, reportedly is spending 100% of its so-called program budget on fundraising functions for PETA and blah, 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 blah. The point of this really is to just make sure that these people who are claiming to take money and put it in all of the right places and airing commercials where uh, owners are weeping over their one-eyed dog that if the, the average layperson donates X amount of dollars, that that money does go there. Basically, what you uncover in the Watchdog Report, too, is if you give just a little uh, $20 to give it, that $20 that you're sending in might be hard-earned for you, and you might think you're doing the right thing, but that just turns around and goes into more mailers. It just goes into generating more pleas for more money, which is their way of saying the more you give, the better the chance that at least some of it will go to the right place. There's nothing more disconcerting than showing up at a, a fundraising event to benefit animals, as I've done in the past. Uh, one time I went to host uh, a specific event raising money for an animal shelter, and a gentleman pulls up in a jaguar. Now, it's appalling enough that he shows up in a vehicle named after an animal. Uh, but as the night went on, with his Blackberry hanging in his ear and all the important telephone calls that he's making in his Gucci suit, I say to him, well, you must have one hell of a day job. And he said, well, this is my day job, working for the animal shelter. Now, there is just no way that working 
in an animal shelter in the valley, an animal shelter that I've seen and could use a good paint job, could generate enough capital for this man to be living this large. So we need the watchdog reports to just kind of look and make sure the money is going into the right place. So I stand by the fact that me giving him a kidney shot is not deserving of me spending a night in jail. Vinny Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live green is best for you, your family, and that includes your pets. This is Animal Radio Network. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA. And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals... I am home listening to Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio Network. This is an Animal Radio News Update made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Pet owners who like to take their furry friends along on car trips need to be aware of a new law being considered in the Golden State. California lawmakers are looking at a proposed bill that would ban people from driving with their pet in the passenger seat or in their arms or lap. A AAA study showed pets were one of the biggest distractions to drivers, ranking right up there with cell phone calls, eating, and drinking. If passed, the bill would carry a $35 fine for offenders, but animal advocates say pet owners should be able to train their pets so that they don't pose a risk. Sleeping with your best friend might be risky to your health, Experts are warning pet owners that many diseases are transmitted between animals and humans in close contact, like that bed you sleep in. Diseases like rabies, strep infections, some respiratory infections, and MRSA can move from pet to owner and it's causing concern among health professionals. Vets remind pet owners that if you own and handle animals regularly, remember to follow basic hygiene, like washing your hands. That simple act will reduce the risk of disease transmission. Environmentally conscious pet owners can find out how to go green by doing everything from recycling old clothes for a pet bed to making an herbal flea repellent. EcoDog from Chronicle Books is the pet owner's guide to giving your dog a head start on living a green life. It includes recipes and ideas. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. 
celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe this is animal radio and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis where should we be from this week oh let's say the perry lodge high atop the perry lodge in Kanab, utah it's hal and judy one 405 8405 and our friend at his brand new radio home, the world famous Russian dog wizard, that would be Vlade. Hey Vlade, how you doing? I'm here everyone. We are broadcasting from Bully Dog Studio in Beverly, Beverly Hills, Michigan. Not uh, Baghdad, not Detroit, from Beverly Hills, Michigan. It's a rough world out there, son. It's dog eat dog. All right, you ready? Please listen. Now, your host on Animal Radio, Vlade, the Russian dog wizard, the man behind the system and the phenomenon of the dog world. He's widely known as an international star in the dog training field. The former KGB dog trainer, Vlade, can turn the most notorious canines from around the world into loving companions. When Vlade speaks... Everyone listens. Pet owners, listen up. Because when the Vladi talks, everyone is listening. Dear pet owners, if you are trying to train your dog by using different training methods, techniques, and nothing works, if you are frustrated, sick and tired with your dog behavior, remember, it is not your fault, and your dog maybe is not bad. But you need Vlad. You need the Vladi. With the magic of the Russian dog wizard, I can turn around every dog, even your dog. So call us, please, at 1-866-405-8405. This is the Vladi, exclusively for the Animal Radio. Hi, who's this? This is John. Hi, John. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. I, I got a question for Vladi. I got a, I got a Sheltie that was born in December. Sheltie's the nuts. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and now I got a Pomeranian that was born in January. That one even worse. Okay, go well, ahead. Well, well, what the problem I'm having is, is I'm a truck driver, and uh, you know I was working with party training them, and they they do good at the truck. Uh, you know, when I stop the truck, I can walk them. They go to the bathroom. They don't they don't use the bathroom in the truck. But when I take my week or two weeks off at home. They 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 use the bathroom, pee and poop all over the house, and I guess it's because when they're in the truck, the motion of the truck, they know when the truck stops that it's time to go to the bathroom. But I haven't figured out how to get them to let me know or how to train them to uh, uh, go outside at my house. John, 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 you're the wrong. You're wrong. And remember, you're in the Russian school right now, not an American school. So when I talk, you gotta listen. And yes, when sir. I when when. Yes, and when I tell you what to do, you need to go home and just do it. Do your homework, and it's going to work, because your, the, your problem is so easy. It's just elementary school. So let me tell you how to fix it. First of all, your dogs are not peeing in your truck, because they take the truck as the little crate. It's just like like their home. Now, when you probably, when you take them in your home, you have probably a bigger home than your truck, I guess. And, yeah. uh, you know, they run around all the time and they may be pee and poop in one area or all over because, uh, their the room is much bigger. So what you need to do, you need to invest some money in the, in the little two crates, I would put this way. And make sure every time when you're not supervising your pets, they must be in the crates. Every time when you supervise your, your pets, you have to keep your eyes on them as the hawk. 
Again, if you cannot keep your eyes as the hook, you need to put them in the crates. Now, five times per day, I would like you to take them outside and tell them, go party, go party, go party. Please do not expect them to tell you, uh, Daddy, I got to go outside. No, you have to take the lead and teach them where they should pee and poop. And always through the same door. Remember, take them maybe for a walk through one door and pee and poop through another door. Go outside, go party, go party, go party. They party, good girls, good boys, whatever they are, and give them treats after that. Remember, dogs are creatures of habits. They already established the bad habits to pee and poop in your home. Remember, dogs are abnormal. You know, it's much convenient to pee and poop in your home. If I was your dog, I would pee and poop in your home too because it's much warmer than outside. So you need to redo it. You need to make sure, do not allow them to pee poop outside by supervising them. And if you cannot supervise them, put them in the crate. Now, you have to clean all your home now with the best cleaning product from my perspectives, from my experience, by company Antiyaki Poo. Antiyaki Poo, uh, this is the best product, from my opinion, which worked perfectly uh, for my team and for myself for many, many years, better than any number I tried. So you got to remove the smell, and after that, set up the schedule, and keep that schedule routinely for maybe one, two weeks, and I guarantee you, it's going to work as the magic. You remind me uh, one of the case uh, which I had. One very, very high-profile lady from the government uh, called me and said, oh, "My little Yorkie does not pee inside. Always, excuse me, outside. Always pee inside. That's it. And nothing I can do about that. Bloody, just nothing I can do. I tried everything. I said, listen, get put this Yorkie in the. Uh, do you do you supervise your dog? Do you put your Yorkie in the crate? She said yes and showed me the crate maybe from uh, Great Dane, not for the Yorkie. You know. Of course, that Yorkie peed in the crate, too. So we got the crate, like a very small one, like um, for uh, the cat. And we made sure we always put the dog in the in this crate when we couldn't supervise it. And every time when the dog pee uh, or poop outside, we praise. If the dog didn't want to pee and poop, we kept him in the crate or under our supervision. If the dog would pee under our supervision, we, wish, we should start to startle him. Simple solution. Clap your hands, make the sound, ah, and take the dog outside. Dog is the creature of habits, John. It will not take too much. But remember, remove the smell. Remember, recreate the new habits and supervise the dog. Can supervise people outside. Thank you for your call. I promise it's going to work. Can I ask one more thing? Sure. Uh, Quickly. You said when I'm supervising him and I catch him peeing or pooping inside the house, I just bang my hands hands together. Clap your hands, make the sound, and say, ah! Okay. What are you doing, devil? Like you're totally, totally insulted. And get them outside. And tell them, good girl, okay. good boy outside. Remember, doggy mom, bite, she licks, and it's all over. No emotions. John, I want to hear you do uh, the R. Can I hear you do the R? No, H A A T. At. Eight. No, eight. Like at. Eight. Uh, That's close. Is John using it? Uh, that was John. He did it. He did a wonderful job. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Yes, it's so important to crate train. And people think they think if they put their dog in a crate that it's punishment. It is not punishment. They need it. It feels like home, doesn't it, Bloody? Yes, it is. This is the. The, the biggest mistake in success to that area that so many people believe the crate is the punishing. I hear that question all the time. No, people, 
you know, and I even heard some professionals suggest, oh, no, no, just kissing and hugging, no creating and such and such. It takes much, much less time, much less frustration if we will create the puppies. And as a matter of fact, in a lot of cases, puppies or dogs wants to themselves go on the crate. one 405 We'll be back with Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Parents know it's music that soothes the savage beast. But did you know what works best for babies also works for man's best friends? Music therapy producer Terry Woodford's Music CD uses traditional lullabies recorded to the rhythm of an actual human heartbeat. Independent clinical research confirms that playing the music therapy CD calms babies on life support and during painful and frightening procedures. Well, it was really the parents who were using the CD to get their baby to sleep through the night. Uh, they discovered it also calmed their dog to sleep. It turns out dogs bark for many of the same reasons babies cry. When the Heartbeat Music Therapy CD was played, the barking stopped. The stress level was way low, which made the dogs a lot easier to adopt, which was really good for them and for us. So the next time your dog gets upset and can't be calmed down, take a lesson from a dog's best friend. What soothes the fussiest baby may also be the answer to calming your barking dog and other anxious animals. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. I'm Susie Kurtz, and I'm listening to Animal Radio. And you should really check out the Farm Sanctuary website, farmsanctuary.org. First taker. One take. <laughs> Flavacin keeps cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. Hear what people are saying about Flavacin. Concerning my dog, Zodiac, I started her on the Flavacin um, probably about a month and a half ago. I have to tell you, for a 13-year-old German Rottweiler um, with spinal arthritis, she made a turnaround in less than seven days. We had thought that we might be leaving her this year and have to put her down, but she seems to be really reacting to it very well. To find out more, visit www.yourolderdog.com. That's yourolderdog.com. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew! Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Welcome back. one 405 8405 It's Animal Radio, you lucky devil. Write that on your unk, if you will. one 405 8405 We were talking with Dr. Debbie White. She is the animal radio veterinarian. She has a practice out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, who's this on the phones with us? Linda Hammer. Hi, Linda. How you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Oxnard, California. Beautiful Oxnard, California. Okay, you're on with Dr. Debbie White. Hi, doctor. Hello there. What's your question? 
My question is, I have a chihuahua, and he's about um, eight, nine months old, and he has a habit of lifting his leg and marking his territory wherever he's at, in the house, outside, when we go someplace. Is there something I can do to stop that? Okay. What's your chihuahua's name? Dodger. Dodger. Okay. Now, is Dodger the only dog in the home? Do you have another pet? Actually, we have um, a cat in the house, and we also have his sister, Harley, in the house. Okay. So we have two chihuahuas the same age. Are Dodger and Harley, are they spayed and neutered? No, not yet. Okay. Neither of them are? No, neither one. Okay. Well, I think I need to break it to you that he has hit sexual maturity, and Dodger is uh, marking his territory around his house, and that's his territory. So he's putting out those scents that this is his world. Um, and especially having a female in the house is probably a bit of an inciting uh, factor with that. So the best thing I could suggest is we need to get Dodger neutered, and that will take those hormones down to a more normal level and take away that urge to want to mark all over the house. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and doesn't that have some helpful effects later on down the road, Doc? Oh, absolutely. Neutering helps prevent uh, prostate disease, different types of cancers, and it definitely helps even to decrease, you know, desire to want to run away from the house and, and go seek out other dogs. So it keeps them safer from um, all those hazards of uh, running at large in neighborhoods. So you got to go get that done, Linda, okay? Yeah, it looks like I'm going to have to do it. I was hoping I might be able to get some puppies out of him, but um, that's not a big deal. So. <laughs> okay, well, uh, there's so many puppies out there right now, but Linda, get them neutered, and uh, I think a lot of problems will go away, and you'll avert a lot of other problems, too, okay? Okay, thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for calling, Linda. one 405 8405 with Dr. Debbie White. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people, too. If cats really do have nine lives, a little calico cat from Wenatchee, Washington, probably only has a few left. Witnesses say they saw the cat leap from the back of a pickup truck as it was driving over a bridge. The cat then scampered through traffic and jumped off the bridge 70 feet into the chilly Columbia River. He then swam 600 feet to shore, being guided by a guy in a kayak. The super kitty was then rescued by the Wenatchee Valley Humane Society, who said that once back at the shelter, he had a very big appetite. No one has claimed the little guy yet, but something tells me this super cat will have no trouble finding a new home. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Can we get the dragnet theme? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Do, 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 do. He came from the streets of Brooklyn, a cool customer on four legs, the perfect bait for a sting on a fake veterinarian. Carol Moran, Deputy District Attorney in Brooklyn, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Okay, tell us the whole story the way you see it. 
Well, this was a, it was a bad situation. Okay. Um, our descendant had pretended to be a vet for several years. And in addition to just doing general grooming um, and, you know, babysitting of, of people's pets, he graduated to really what was a, a, a horrible next step. Um, he began to do invasive surgery. Oh, no. Ooh. And no license. No, no license, no training, no vet tech license, nothing. Oh, no. Nothing. He had worked at some point in the past in a veterinarian's office, but wasn't licensed even to do that. And certainly he was not a veterinarian. So you decided to set up a sting. Well, we learned about this because he had done abdominal surgery, major abdominal surgery, on a, a Boston Terrier named Bert. Oh. Um, because he thought Bert had some internal troubles, and his answer was to slice him open. Oh, no. So it was a horrible betrayal of that relationship with his with with Bert's owner, Mr. Reed, yeah. um, who really thought he was handing over his beloved pet to somebody who would take care of him, not who would who would injure him further. Mm. I, I have to ask, how was Bert? Bert is fortunately fine. Okay, oh, good. Um, after the defendant returned him, bloodied, and uh, you know he'd sewed him up, but it was a, a bad stitch job, and mm -hmm. his it had been a very deep. Um, cut and about six inches long, um, Bert's owner took him to a real vet. And the real vet then confirmed that uh, the defendant in our case was not a trained vet, based on what you saw and her uh -huh. conversations with him. And Mr. Reed came to the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office, where Joe Hines is the district attorney. Mm, and what did Joe say? And Joe said, you know, we usually do undercover operations with gangs, with drugs, but <laughs> this is a really horrible thing. This man, who knows who else he's preyed upon? Um, we have to figure out a way to, to catch him. But the the catch was he doesn't have an office. He has a cell phone. So there's no way to track him down. We that should be your up. first sign, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Okay. I think so. And and you know what? There's usually in most states there is either through the Department of Education or usually there's a website that will allow consumers to confirm that their veterinarian is in fact licensed. Mm -hmm. In almost every state there's a licensing provision in New York, it's through the Education Department, but everybody will have it where you can call in or go online to confirm that your provider is actually licensed. Okay, so you had to catch this guy. You had to set up a sting. Right. So we arranged for an undercover apartment. We wired it for video and sound. We had our obviously very experienced undercover detectives, um, but we needed an animal to lure this veterinarian, this fake veterinarian, into um, our clutches. An so, undercover kitty is what you're talking about, is well, that Well, we correct? certainly didn't want to seek, you know, find an animal that needed medical treatment and withhold treatment from him. So okay. we looked around, and, and Fred had, was in foster care with us from New York City's Animal Care and Control. Okay. He had come to us with his twin brother um, several months before and with a very, very bad upper respiratory infection, mm -hmm. pneumonia. He had been very, very sick. And as a result, he hadn't been neutered yet. Okay. So he's, Fred's nearly nine months wow. old. Normally, you should neuter your animal by then. Right. Um, but because he, he couldn't breathe, we were afraid that the undergoing anesthesia would kill him. Uh -huh. okay. So we didn't neuter him. And as we were seeking an animal that needed some kind of surgical care to use to be able to draw this veterinarian in, we thought, aha, Fred is our guy. Let's get Fred neutered. <laughs> We don't like to say that in front of him. Okay, I understand. <laughs> Fred was a willing participant. Fred was a very willing participant. He's very social. He's very friendly. He's very gregarious. I think because he'd been so sick, he really has a strong bond with people. Okay. Because um, we sort of had to nurse him back to health. 
And so we brought him over to the undercover apartment. Mm -hmm. The undercover officer was experienced not only with a variety of criminals, handguns, but also with cats. So he bonded to her quite well. Mm -hmm. Um, They placed a phone call to the fake veterinarian, and there he was shortly thereafter showing up the apartment. Ready to do the surgery. Ready to do the surgery. Put one hand out for the cash, put the other hand out for the cat. Um, took the cat in the carrying case, put the cash in his pocket, walked out the door, and uh, Joe Hines' detectives were waiting for him at the bottom of the stairs. Ah, <laughs> so Fred was never at any risk. He had some pretty serious backup. Good, good. And I understand they wanted he wanted to charge $135 for this uh, procedure, which generally costs a lot less. Yeah. You know, it depends that private veterinarians can be more frequently. There are public clinics or low-cost clinics. You know, because certainly spaying and neutering is a huge issue, and so a lot of communities have low-cost clinics so people can spay and neuter their pets. I'm assuming Fred has a permanent position now. He has a job? I think so. Fred's ready. He's uh, He's been traveling around. He has his little shield, uh, and <laughs> he's ready to go on his He does have a little out. badge, right? Little badge, he right. does have a little badge. He does have a little badge. <laughs> he's going to have a little surprise tomorrow because he's actually getting neutered for real by oh. a real veterinarian. Yes. So. <laughs> so he'll be a new man next week. <laughs> Very, very good. We appreciate all that you're doing for the animals. Thank you, and thanks for covering this. It's a great story, and I encourage people to, to do both. You know, it's it's wonderful to be able to foster him and his brother. They would have been euthanized just because they needed a little extra care, more than the, the local shelter could give them. Yes. Um, but Animal Care and Control here in, the, in New York City has a program where they'll reach out for foster families to, to give them that little extra care, and it's, it's worked out well. Fred has... Um, has gone on to, you know, they saved his life, and he's now gone on to allow us to continue this investigation and find other people that this man has preyed upon. What's going to happen to this uh, vet guy? Is he going to be behind bars or doing community service? He, well, it depends on how many of the investigations ongoing. We have this surgery that he did on Bert, but apparently there are other people that are calling into us. And it's not true that, that one of the punishments will be to actually neuter him. Um, no. I have no comment about that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's not something available under the statute as it stands. Okay. Carol Moran, Deputy District Attorney from Brooklyn, we appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you very much. Well, that's all we have for this hour. I want to thank Jay Rodriguez. Check out his show on Animal Planet, Groomer Has It. It's a fun little show. It's on Saturday nights. And if you need that animal radio fix during the week, remember we are streaming online live 24-7 full-time network ladies and gentlemen check it out also on your cell phone text animal to 27627 you can learn about all of that lots more at animalradio.com and remember to spay or neuter Mm, always adopt Mm -hmm. and never declaw lots of alternatives to decline if you have a question during the week give us a call 1-866-405-8405 I'm Hal Abrams I'm Judy Francis go give your pet a big old hug for us bye bye this is Animal Radio Network Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. No, that doesn't spell anything. We've been trying to figure out what it might spell. Yeah, I gave up. You Best you got was Kaflugana, right? Spelled yeah, with a hard. K or something like that. Just 1-866-405-8405. It has a little rhythm to it. Write it down. It's open all week long. 
Also, our email at yourvoiceatanimalradio.com. We have our special friend from ABC's Good Morning America, Dr. Marty Becker, joining us. Hi, Doc. How are you doing? Oh, I love being on your show. Thanks for having me back. The next topic we're going to talk about, close, near, and dear to home for Judy because she deals with giving medicines to her cats every day. Right, Judy? I have, yeah, two cats that have to get daily medicine. One of them will take pills, liquids, anything. He sits there. He's very good. The other one I have to kind of trick. He's a little sharper when it comes to that. And if if I pop a pill, he'll spit it out. So what I do is I buy pill pockets. Oh, yeah. And I just take a pinch because they're too big for my little cat. And I wrap it in there. And he doesn't know he's getting his meds. I, he never figures it out. No, That's a secret. He eats it. Now, you also have a cat that actually voluntarily takes his pill every night. Is that Voluntar- correct? Not only does he voluntarily, he comes to me at a certain time every evening when it's time. And he goes into the kitchen and sits there and waits for his medicine. I wonder if he knows that it's good for him. I wonder what's I going on there. This belongs on YouTube, this one cat. <laughs> I mean, we've all had the you know the crazy cat that the the person was interviewing, and the cat does a tap dance and, and bloody hieroglyphics on their face. But the cat uh-huh. that wants to come take the medication, woo! It, it, it's, he's right on time. If I'm late, he'll come find me. I'm impressed. Ah, not so easy for uh, the rest of us. Well, you know, it? one time I wrote an article called "Cats Can Fly" for my nationally syndicated newspaper column, and it was talking about the heinous uh, crime that's foisted upon pet owners uh-huh. by veterinarians when they say, you know, Judy, take this medication home and give it two pills twice a day for seven days, and we're going to recheck it, and then we're like, oh, <laughs> you know, no, not really, but it's it's hard enough for a veterinarian or a trained team member to give medication, let alone a person, and here's what happens. You know, pet owners struggle to follow the vet's orders to give their pet's medication, mm-hmm. and we know the pets need the medication, but they don't want to take it, and mm-hmm. just like with toddlers, we got to give them give pets a prescription they don't like. Uh-huh. There's a recent study. Only 10% of cat owners and 30% of dog owners succeeded in medicating their pets correctly. That's and low. That's very low. And what that means is prescriptions sent home by the veterinarian often end up in the cupboard or on the person and not in the pet. Mm. And, and what happens is the pet owner is too embarrassed or hesitant to go back to the veterinarian and admit failure. So here's, I'm going to give you some tips. Okay. At North Idaho Animal Hospital, the first thing I tell people, what I'm asking you to do is difficult, even for trained people. If you're not successful, you know, you've got plenty of company, and I want you to tell us so that we can give you some other alternatives. And so, you know, one of the things you already mentioned, Judy, one of my favorites is pill pockets, Greenies pill pockets. They work. Because it's a human food-grade product, and I'll tell you even a better way to do it for most people. Rather than giving one pill pocket with the medication, you give three. So the first one's called the T's. <laughs> There's nothing in the first one, the T's. The second one is the pill pocket with the medication in it. And always, if you put the the pill in with your right hand into the pill pocket, close it up with your left hand because you don't want any taste of the medication on the outside of the pill pocket. Right. Uh. Okay. So the first one's the T's, the second one's the D's, and the third one is the chaser. (laughs) So it's almost like, you know, that little thing, the shell game they do in New York City on the street, you know, where you move it around, they never know which one has the pill in it. Mm -hmm. Uh So that's one thing to do. Now, for for the cat that you can't give or the dog that won't take medication, you know, they spit everything out. The the Greenies Pill Pockets is is the first choice I'm going to do. Then you can always go to these new compounding pharmacies. And there's several companies out there. Flavorex is one that's made prescriptions for toddlers for years uh, for uh, for pediatricians. And when they take this, these common medicines and they make it into palatable 
Treats? Well, yeah, and you know what they do? They don't make it into human flavors. They make it into pet flavors. So, like, sure. they have salty bacon, Atlantic salmon, Angus beef, uh, <laughs> banana bread, uh, mm. bubble gum. And what they'll do is they'll find a, you know, a flavor that your pet likes, and about 70% of dogs and cats will lick the medication right out of the spoon. So, because they, they know the flavors that, you know, cats like salty flavors, and they know the flavors they like, and they may send you two or three flavors and let you try which one first, and then they'll put the medication in it. Can you do this with any medication? You can do it with almost any medication, and not just for dogs and cats, but for hamsters and horses and and rabbits and birds. They, they Like in birds, they have fruit-flavored uh, medications. And, and then this, there's another is... product called Vet Chews. Uh, that compounding pharmacists have that have a lot of meat flavors. Uh-huh. And what I like about them is they'll send you the blanks. And so you can actually put it in front of your dog or cat, see which flavor they like the best. Then your veterinarian will have the prescription put uh-huh. in that. Basically, it's kind of like putting the treat into treatment. Can they do this with both pills and liquid? They can do it with pills and liquids. You know, and, and uh, you know, like some cats have to have things for you know thyroid, for heart medications, for behavioral things. And I'm not sure what you're giving your cat, you know, daily medication for. But um, they can put it in a in a savory liquid. They can put it in a um, you know in these flavored tablets. But like for you, you know, you, you described you have two cats. One of them, you would continue to use the Greenies Pill Pocket. Yes. It's the other one that you're going to have to get a little more creative with the veterinarian and get one of these compounded. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if, you, if your cat won't lick it out of the spoon or won't take one of these meat-flavored tablets, the third thing is the new transdermal delivery system. Now, what is that? What does that mean? It, well, what you actually do, the medication is put in something that is absorbed right through the skin, so you simply wipe the medication. You use a glove, but you wipe the medication inside the cat's ear, and it's absorbed through the skin. And is that effective? That's effective. Ooh. Oh, yeah, they get therapeutic levels of, of many medications. Now, you know, before the methods I told you, you know, this, the savory liquids and these these tasty tablets. Now, those you can put almost anything. It's it's more limited for the transdermals, but many of the common medications can be put into a formula you can just wipe on the skin. Wow, I like that idea. All very good to know. Ask your vet what he's using and what he can do to make your pet pill giving a little easier because I want those statistics to go up if your vet... Hey, one last thing I didn't say either, and this is something, a brand new study out. Uh-huh. A lot of times we found out they did imaging studies. They gave cats pills and dogs pills and then did imaging studies and found out that the pill was still lodged in the esophagus five minutes later. And, you know, you imagine what it would be like for humans if you took your vitamins or any pills without water. Yeah. And what they do is they get, it's not just, uh, you know, uncomfortable, but you get esophagitis or inflammation of the esophagus and can cause, you know, severe problems long term. So for both dogs and cats, if you're not using something that's chewable or Mm -hmm. not using something that's that liquid, we recommend that you give a water chaser. And when you give the water to help flush that down, you simply grab the corner of their lip and you and you kind of tip their head back and you squirt it in the corner of their mouth, uh-huh. it acts like a funnel that runs down behind the back of the teeth and right down the esophagus and doesn't end up... You know, if you try to put it over the base of the tongue, they just spit it up right back up on you. Wow. I did, I've never heard that before. Good to hear that. Yes. Very yeah. latest. Uh, Dr. Marty Becker joining us, the website petconnection.com and of course links to everything you've heard including we'll throw up there links to I believe Flavor RX what's the other compounding company uh, Vet Chews we'll put that up there at animalradio.com doctor thanks so much for joining us thank you my friend still to come on this hour of Animal Radio the top 10 reasons pets are better than kids 
Judy's actually working on that list right now very hard. Dr. Debbie White, animal radio veterinarian, she's back. And she's answering your medical questions at 1-866-405-8405. Also, that time of the year, our pets are shedding. How about uh, making socks out of Fluffy's fur? We'll tell you how on the way. Also, actor and funny guy Leslie Nielsen. Remember him from the Naked Gun scary movie, Mr. Magoo? He's this week's celebrity pet lover. And all of this is on the way right here on this hour of Animal Radio. Don't go anywhere, you lucky devil. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Hey! You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, stay new to your friends' pets also. Oh, and welcome back. It's Animal Radio with Hal and Judy celebrating our connection with our pets. I want to talk to Dr. Debbie White. She is the Animal Radio resident veterinarian. She takes care of all of our pets here. And being in Las Vegas, I imagine there's a lot of exotic pets from different shows. You probably see a lot of weird animals there. What is the weirdest animal that you have at your practice? Well, we see so many different unusual animals. I'd have to say the more odd ones are like the hedgehogs, the sugar <laughs> gliders. But we have a lot of the, in addition to dogs and cats, a lot of ducks, chickens that have been really coming in quite often lately. It's quite uh, quite surprising. Now, are you trained in all of these areas, or do you have to do a little research? There's, we All veterinarians get basic training, but a lot of it gets down to just seeing those pets and, and learning from experience and um, just uh, picking up those skills. Very good. Let's go back to the phones. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? This is April. 
Hi, April. How you doing? I am doing all right. I, thank you for taking my call. I really had a question for the vet today. Okay. Um, I have a Minton who is about three and a half years old, and he is my baby. I actually got him when I found that I couldn't have kids. I'm an over-the-road truck driver, and he just pretty much is with me all the time, 24 hours a day. I'm having a problem getting him to eat at all whatsoever because we've always just let him eat whatever we eat. You know, he gets the meals that we get, and I got in trouble from that by my vet because he got a little sick, and I can't seem to make him eat any dog food. He has lost so much weight, and I'm so worried about him. Now, in addition to not eating well, is there anything else that's going on? Um, he got sick. That's why, you know, we, we went to the to the doctor a couple of times. He, he had a GI tract problem, and uh, then, you know, he got better than that. He just will not eat dog food. I can't even get him to eat white meat chicken. He wants, you know, what he wants and isn't even considering anything else. Is he currently vomiting? Is he having a change in his bowel habits? Anything of that sort? No, no, just just refusing to eat until I finally break down and give him what he wants. Okay, and what is that? Is that uh, the food off the plate, and you put that in the doggy yeah, bowl, yeah. and then he's and he's happy with yeah, that? Yeah. Well, um, he won't eat white meat chicken. He wants beef, pork. Um, you know the worst stuff for you. The only part of chicken he'll eat is the skin. <laughs> he's spoiled. Okay. Has he eaten this way for three and a half years, and just now we're changing the diet pattern? Yes, and I'm trying to, to, you know, slowly change him, but he won't let me. Yeah, he'll go four days without eating any a, a bite of anything. And, you know, I try to reward him. If he does eat a bite of dog food, you know, I'll try to reward him. But he'll go four days without eating anything. Oh, golly. And that's got to be upsetting. And you said he's he's dropped a lot of weight. Is he in yes. healthy weight, or does your veterinarian tell him he, he, he's still kind of pudgy? She told me that he was fine before he could stand to lose a few ounces. Well, the, the first thing that I would suggest is, is I want to make sure that everything else is working fine in him. So I would talk to your veterinarian, see if they would suggest doing any kind of basic screening tests on him, making sure there's nothing inside that might be causing his appetite to be off. I've had blood tests done, and we can't find anything. And I've compared them with healthy blood tests and, you know, the more recent ones, and they're they're the same. We, he's just, I think, being stubborn, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> if all assurances have made, been made that he's in good health and everything came up fine on the blood work, then I would definitely focus on the potential psychological issues here with um, a dog that might have a preference for human food. And my general guideline is about 72 hours of playing tough love, of putting down that bowl and saying this is what you're going to get. But dogs are smart and they know that if after 72 hours out comes the pork and chicken, then they're going to hold out on that cycle. The important thing is to see if he does have a good appetite when those things are offered. And every dog's a little different, whether they prefer a canned or dry um, or even a home-prepared diet. And um, that's even an option that you might want to talk to your veterinarian. There are some very good references that they might be able to direct to you if you want to try home-preparing your food. And Well, that's not a very good option for me since I am over the road and, and you know, he just lives with me and, and my semi most of the time. We're only home a week out of the month, so um, 
if I have to just find something that he will eat, what, what would you suggest that, you know, I can get him that's pretty bland and, and that would be nutritious for him? Overall, I have a, a wide range of brands that I do like to, to feed. Um, does he tend to prefer canned food over dry food? No, he, he won't touch canned food. And dry food, it's one bite at a time if I hand feed it to him. And that's like with me, you know, come on, be a good boy, you know. Well, I can definitely see the challenges of being a truck driver and having a, a puppy dog that's got such a particular uh, appetite. Um, as far as uh, with some of the different dry foods, I really am a firm believer with uh, some of the quality brands, Science Diet, um, Nature's Choice, Royal Canaan. Those are all good foods. And I believe Royal Canaan even has a dry food that's made for small and persnickety dogs. <laughs> Something like that is on the label, and you might look into those. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, Victoria. Hi, is this Hal? Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Especially excited to speak to you because every day I take my. Uh, one of my calicos out outside. I have to take her outside. <laughs> this is how hairy she is. And I brush her, and the hair goes flying everywhere. I try to collect as much as I can. And every day, of course, I end up throwing it away. And I'm saying, oh, this great fur, this great, wonderful calico fur going to waste. And then here I am. What was it? Uh, Jay Leno? We were uh -huh. watching or something like that. Yes, it was Leno. What you do is take the fur from your pets and make it into, what, a yarn? Right. We make it into a nat natural yarn that's 100% your pet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you, how did this all start? Tell me from the very beginning. Well, the very beginning was I received a chow puppy from my husband for our anniversary. And I would brush her. And basically like your cat, um, whenever I brushed her, the, the fiber was just so beautiful that came out in the brush, I couldn't bear to throw it away, so I started storing it in a shoebox. Uh -huh. And my husband says, what are you doing? And I said, I just, I can't throw this away. I'm going to learn to spin, and I'm going to make a boo-boo sweater. <laughs> so the next day, he went out, and he bought me a spinning wheel. And that is exactly how it started from that day forward. And was that your first time on a spinning wheel? That was, yes, yeah, seven years ago. I guess you probably made all kinds of clothing. Oh, yes, yes. We don't recommend canine fiber for sweaters. As I found out, it's 80% warmer than wool, so it's like wearing an electric blanket. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, but I have a beautiful cardigan that when I go back home to New York, I wear it as a winter coat. I have some beautiful Samoyed items made uh, from a puppy coat, which is very, very fine. And I take it to shows, and you'll have some people go, oh, my God, that'll put cashmere to shame. <laughs> and then you have other people go, oh, that's scratchy. <laughs> mm. So, you know, it, it's a personal choice. It's a personal preference. Not all the yarn is suitable for garments that you would wear. Um, but it's a wonderful keepsake. You can make, you know, wall clocks, wall hangings, pillows, wonderful ways of keeping your pet in petting distance. I love it. I love it. Now, if, uh, if we make clothing, are you able to wash it, or is this something you just... Yeah, all of our yarn comes with a little care flyer that gives you suggestions as far as um, how to work with it if you're going to work with it yourself, and it comes with washing instructions. We always recommend professional dry cleaning. That's what I do with my items. 
Um, but it can be hand-washed just like you would a cashmere sweater. Okay, now you make the yarn. You don't actually make any clothes. Ah, uh, well, yes, we do. We don't you make do. fitted garments. You don't make fitted garments? No, we have a whole line of what we call forever keepsakes. Uh, you can get anything from a pettable picture frame, a Christmas tree ornament, scarves, hats, mittens, um, blankets, shawls, you know, kind of one-size-fit-all type things. Do they shed? The, the item itself? Yes. That will all depend upon the fiber itself. If it's undercoat, there's always an initial shedding period with any hand-spun yarn, and it's just the loose fibers falling out. If it's made, if the yarn is spun from an undercoat of a very fine dog or cat, um, what will happen is that the yarn or the finished piece will develop this beautiful halo, which is kind of like uh, mohair. So it looks very fuzzy and fluffy, and the halo does not shed after it comes into full bloom. What's the strangest fur you've been requested to make yarn out of? We are very proud to say that we have actually spun Bengal tiger. Wow. How much do you charge for something like this? The basic charge is $9 per ounce. That includes everything. That includes the carding, the, the preparing the fiber, the spinning, the two-ply, the washing, the removal of the enzymes. What you get back is ready to knit and wear. How much fur would it take to make an average pillow? Uh, an average 14-inch pillow is about 10 ounces, 10 to 14. And of course, it depends whether you are knitting, weaving, or crocheting. Um, general rule of thumb that we have found over the years is that one ounce of fiber will give you approximately 27 yards of beautiful yarn. What is your website if people want to get on this? They can reach us at www.vipfibers.com or on our toll-free line, 866 pet yarn. Now, I would imagine that if I uh, made a pillow out of one of my cat's hair, that uh, uh, the other cats would attack it. And tear you know, it. it's surprising. Um, we get a lot of results. Now, basically, if the other cats don't like your one cat, they will attack it, <laughs> regardless of what we do. I see on your website that you have a fiber primer position open. <laughs> yes, we do. What's a fiber primer? A fiber primer is the person that takes the raw fiber when it comes in, which is basically right off the animal, and they cart it, which is a process of basically combing the fibers, lining them all up in the same direction. Uh, it makes for well-balanced, even yarn. Here's an interesting new gig in the animal there world, the fiber primer. Uh, check it out. The website is www.vipfibers.com. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show on animalradio.com. Victoria, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Hold on one second, will you? You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, hey, this is Davy Jones here on Animal Radio. Just want to say look after those animals because they look after you. Have a great time. See you soon. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Hi, it's Lisa Laporta from HGTV's Design to Sell for Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pet. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hello, I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. 
An email making its way around the world has dog lovers horrified. It claims a so-called artist has been asked to repeat an exhibit in which he reportedly tied up a stray dog and left it to starve with the words, you are what you read, spelled out in dog food, just out of the dog's reach. There are reports the dog was secretly allowed to escape. However, no one knows for certain. However, following reports that a Honduras arts festival wants a repeat of the starving dog exhibit, a massive online petition is now sweeping the world. We're not sure if this is a global viral hoax or a sad attempt for publicity, but there are already suggestions that this artist starve himself rather than a helpless animal. On a brighter note, a stray dog has saved the life of a newborn baby girl buried alive in India. The baby had been buried under half a foot of soil and leaves in an orchard, but was dug up by the dog, whose excited barking then alerted villagers. A childless couple has now adopted both the baby and her rescue of the dog. It's also a sad reminder that female babies are still regularly murdered because family fear they won't be able to pay the compulsory dowry when a daughter marries. A Florida woman has survived a late-night encounter with an eight-foot-long alligator in her kitchen. Hard to imagine, but Oldsmar resident Sandra Frosty thought there might be a burglar in the house when she heard a plate smash. But it was a monster reptile gator which had somehow pushed through a screen door, strolled through the living room, down the hall and into her kitchen. The 69-year-old called 911, which sent a trapper around who removed the unwanted visitor without injury. There are fears that Australia's cutest icon, the koala, is facing slow starvation because greenhouse gas emissions are making their sole source of food, which is eucalyptus leaves, inedible. Professor Bill Foley from Canberra's Australian National University says increased carbon dioxide reduces nutrient content and raises toxic tannin levels, in effect turning the gum tree leaves to leather. Reduced nutrition means the koalas will produce fewer babies and could lead to extinction. And lastly, a 10-year-old turtle has been reunited with his New Zealand family after three years on the run. A truck driver spotted the tiny turtle trying to cross a busy highway north of Auckland and dropped it off at the nearest school where pupils wondered if this might be Toby, the turtle that used to come and visit the school until he disappeared from his family down the road. It was the same turtle, and Toby's back home again where his family is busy building an enclosure so that he can't go walk about again. How far did Toby go in three years? Oh, about two miles. I'm Kay Brown for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Hi, Animal Radio. Who's on our phones? Uh, my name is Catherine Balagoon. How are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you? Very well. Where are you calling? From? I'm calling from um, Los Angeles, California. What's on your mind today? Well, I have this cat. Uh, he's about four years old. And originally, um, he was born to a feral cat that uh, we have in our backyard, and we sort of um, took the kitten from the feral cat because we wanted to be able to, you know, give them away and keep some of them and stuff like that. At, but, at what age did you take them away? Um, I'm going to say hmm, probably a few months. Okay. We took them away, but they're still a little skittish, 
So one of them, the one in particular I'm talking about, we sort of tried to pet the cat and everything. He would always run away. And so initially we put him in the bathroom because I have other cats. I have um, five cats in all, uh, two feral, one that's inside and one that comes in and out. And so this one, uh, we took him back, we put him in the bathroom, and uh, he stayed in there for a couple days. He wouldn't even come out because he was in this big uh, container, and he wouldn't come out. So finally, uh, he came out, and he would let me pet him and everything. But since he's been out of the, the bathroom, we sort of let him roam around, but at night we put him back in the bathroom because he's been sort of uh, urinating on everything and um um, so during the day, we can sort of watch him, and mm-hmm. he's pretty good. And when he, whenever he's in the bathroom, we can pet him and everything, but whenever he's out of the bathroom, he's running. Is um, he neutered? Yes. Uh-huh. And has he been to the vet to make sure that there are no urinary infections? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, pulling them from their mother at four months... The mother teaches them to be afraid of humans, unfortunately. You need to get them a little bit sooner away from a feral mother, but it's not too late. You can still work with them. It's going to take some time. Uh, You need to play with him, um, you know, give him treats, do some interactive toys, like a little mouse on a fishing pole, play with him a little bit more, have him get a little bit closer to you, start giving him treats, and don't approach him and look at him in the eye and make him run. Just sit down and let him slowly come to you. You need to get him to get used to being around you a little bit more. Now, feral cats are, unfortunately, if they're not taken very, very young, sometimes they exhibit those feral traits for a long time. But we've seen and we've heard stories and we've seen actual cases where feral cats will turn around and become very loving. It takes a little bit of time. Yeah, just get some toys and play with them and bring them closer to you and don't reach out. Did just you say you were locking him in the bathroom? Yeah, in the bathroom, he will come over, rub against my leg mm. and, um, you know, let me pet him. Uh, but outside, because that's where we first put him when we brought him back home. We put him in the bathroom. Make sure that you get that urine where he's inappropriately urinated. you got to clean that up. Make sure that uh, he's not going to go back to there because of the smell. He's obviously trying to mark. There's obviously territory issues. Uh, bringing him into the household, out of the bathroom, giving him a little area of his own, maybe his own bed, giving him a place uh, so he can feel a, a part of the household and let him do it on his own terms. And then the most important thing, the recipe here is time. It takes a little bit of time. And... Uh, you knew a cat like this. It took almost a year, didn't it, Judy? Yes, it does. Sometimes yeah. it can take weeks, almost sometimes a year. A year. Yeah. Yes. Now, should I put him in the bathroom every night? Because, see, I don't want him. He goes, I have leather sofas. My other cat doesn't scratch the leather sofa. Yeah. He scratches. Uh, he has a chair he scratches. Do you have a cat tree? Um, no, I have this chair. <laughs> yeah, you need to get him a cat tree, something that he can scratch, because that's just uh, cat nature, feline nature. And when he starts, when he goes over to the sofa, you pick him up and take him over to the tree and show him that that's the place to scratch. you got a very feral cat there, but the good <laughs> the good thing is, is that through time, I think the little fellow will come. Now, come how around. am I going to be able to pick him up? Because he won't let us pick him up. He'll let us pet him. Yeah, through time, through time. Uh, will they ever become... Friends, all the cats that are inside. I've seen them completely change from one characteristic to another. They've been complete enemies, and then they're sleeping together, cuddling, cleaning each other. So it really depends. Give it some time, and make sure your vet knows what's going on. Hopefully through time, you'll be able to call us up and say, you know, they're bonding. They're they're laying together. Everything's harmonious in the household. All right. Well, I will definitely keep you informed. 
You know, one one other little trick that we've learned is get some lavender oil. Oh, yes. Put a drop on their tails. It's a little bit of lavender oil. And if it doesn't calm the animal, it'll calm you. one 405 8405 Animal Radio, who's this? This is Karen. Hi, Karen. How are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sarasota, Florida. Oh, how beautiful. Well, it's beautiful there all the time, isn't it? It is beautiful here most of the time. I'm jealous. <laughs> what can we do for you today? Well, I have a, um, a cat situation, and I don't know what to do. I have a 14-year-old cat, and three years ago, I adopted a dog. Mm -hmm. And ever since I adopted this dog, the cat goes on the uh, goes in the box and mm. poops, and then he goes on the carpet and does his other. And I have tried everything I can think of. I have bought Feel Away to put in, which they told me would take away the anxiety. Um, I've changed litters. I've done just about everything I can think of, and I don't know what to do. What's your cat's name? Rocky. Rocky. Ro is is uh, inappropriate urination and defecation the only thing that is... Yes, he's not sick. He's been to the vet, does not have a urinary tract infection, but um, continues. He goes in the box. I'll poop in the box, uh -huh. but he urinates on the carpet. Is the box covered? No, it is not. This has happened ever since the dog entered the household, right? Well, it started, and then I started using the feel away, and it did work for a while. Yeah. And they told me to get Elevel and all this other stuff, which makes it crazy. So, Where is the box placed in the house? It's in the hallway. Is that real accessible to the dog? Maybe the we dog? Wanna, yeah, we want to keep it away from the dog, put it away from the dog so that he feels like he's getting a little bit of privacy to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it might be the location. Mm. And it, it's kind of a catch-22. You don't want to put it too out of the way, but yet you want to put it in a w area where the cat feels secure. What the cat's doing is probably just pooping and running out of there and doesn't take the time to go in there to urinate. Probably doesn't feel safe that the dog can actually have access to it. It wants probably a little more privacy in the back of a room somewhere where when it goes to the bathroom it can look around and see that there's an escape route and no one can come from behind or from a different side. Now would you consider putting a top on a litter like that? I know sometimes cats like that. Sometimes they dislike that. Yeah, I'd say uh, if you're having problems don't put a lid on it if a cat is going with the lid no problem but if you're having problems i would not add a lid to the litter box and i would make sure that the area where the cat mm. has gone that you clean it very well with an enzyme product because the, now the cat smells the urine in that place on the carpet and will always go back no matter where you put the box Okay, so relocate the litter box to a good location and also clean up where he inappropriately urinated before. And you also might want to consider putting two litters in the household. If the dog happens to be near one of the litter, the only one you have now, the cat doesn't want to go to use it. But if you have an alternative for the cat to go into another room where the dog's not around, he's more opt to use the litter box. Try that and hopefully that'll solve your problem. one 405 8405 you're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more.
There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Genoflora for pets. A safe and effective probiotic formula for your furry four-legged family member. Genoflora for pets. Helps control yeast and candida, strengthen the immune system, improve digestion, regulate bowel movements, give your pet the gift of good health. Genoflora for pets. For more information, call toll-free 1-800-498-6640. That's 1-800-498-6640 for Genoflora. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Global Pet Finder is the world's first GPS location device for pets. Simply attach Global Pet Finder to your pet's collar and you can monitor your dog's location 24-7. Use our geofence feature or simply dial found from your wireless device. And every three minutes, Global Pet Finder will send you a message with your pet's exact location. For more information, visit us at www.globalpetfinder.com and find peace of mind today. Hi, this is Emmylou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay new to your pet. And welcome back to Animal Radio with Hal and Judy. You can check in with us at 1-866-405-8405. That number is active all week long. If we're not around, say we're out to lunch, recording, or doing something, you'll get our voicemail and you can leave a message. This guy left a message and I wanted to play it for you this weekend. Yeah, I just want to know if you guys could uh, talk about the fact uh, how much it costs these days to take care of an animal. It costs more than it does for human beings, and that's why a lot of people can't afford them. Every time you go to the vet, it's 50 bucks a visit if you get a little bottle of medicine or a front line costs like 80 bucks. It's just getting outrageous to take care of a pet. That's one reason people are not owning them. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's not cheap to own a pet. It's a big responsibility. Not a lot of people know that. Yeah, you have to be ready emotionally and financially. And, of course, we did talk about this a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of money. Any way you cut it, we will tell you. It is cheaper than a kid. <laughs> cheaper than a kid. And uh, you've actually prepared the top ten list. Why animals are better than kids. Why animals are better than kids, like we need a list. I hope my kids aren't listening. You know, I always worry when you put together a top ten list. Is this family friendly? Yes, I think we can mention all of these items on air. Okay, address all of your complaints to your voice at Animal Radio. Here it is, Judy's list of why animals are better than kids. 
Go ahead. Number 10. Number 10. They don't ask to borrow your car keys. No, they don't ask to borrow the car keys. I. There you go. That, so far, so good. Number nine. They usually eat anything that you put before them. Usually. Usually. Yes. That's the operative word. Okay. Number eight. They don't ask for money. Hey, you know what? That's true. The cat doesn't come to you and say, hey, can I borrow a 10? I like that. Okay. <laughs> Number seven. This is the list of why animals are better than kids put together by Judy. Go ahead. They're a lot easier to train. They are much easier to train than kids, especially yes. potty train. Okay, number six. You don't have to worry about them wearing your clothes. You know what? This is true. My kids already always borrowed my clothes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> How many days did you work on this list? Number five. This is the number five why animals are better than kids on animal radio. Who else would have it? Number five. You don't have to pay to put them through college. This is true. The guy that was complaining, you may, be, may think they're expensive, 50 bucks a pop at the veterinarian, but hey, cheaper than college. Yes. Number four, you don't have to worry about that backwash of crackers when they share your soda. Oh, oh, that is so true. When they're a baby and they want to share your soda, and yes. they drink ah. through the straw, and then you see the little backwash of the saltines <laughs> in the bottom. floating. Mm, yes. <laughs> They're so much cleaner than kids. Go on. Number three. Number three. When dogs interrupt you when you're making love, yes. you don't have to explain that the two of you are wrestling to see who has to do the dishes. Ah, ha. You know, though, my cat does ask me later about. <laughs> okay. So we're number two. Is number this number two? two? Number yes. two. Dogs, you know, when they enter those teen years, they're already neutered. Yeah. Don't you wish you could neuter your kids? Yes. Boy, the behavior problems that you could avert. And this is the number one. Do we have a drum roll, Guido? That's our drum roll? <laughs> I'm frightened. And the number one reason. The older our animals get, the more they like us. Ah, okay. There you go. That's Judy's Why Animals Are Better Than Kids list exclusively on Animal Radio. Coming up next, Leslie Nielsen. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. one 405 8405 just to say hello. Or if you have a question about your pet for our veterinarian or behaviorist, all week long, one 405 8405 We have uh, actor Leslie Nielsen on really? hold. Yes. Okay. Finally, better late than ever. Hello, Leslie. How do you do? How, do you, how you do? And Leslie Nielsen, the No Stranger to Animal Radio. And, of course, we learned last time that you, you travel nowhere without your whoopee cushion. Well, that's the main animal in my life. Uh, I bet. And it's, a, it's the call-to-arms animal of my life. It has saved me from many a serious situation. Oh, I, I, I uh -oh. don't doubt it. Now, today, uh, today, I know you're in Phoenix, so it's got to be really, really hot there today. Is it? It's it's hot here. I haven't gone outside yet. Now, do you put cold water in your whoopee cushion on? Uh, <laughs> well, on a hot day like today, you would think that. Well, you'd it's want difficult. To. You're doing. Yeah, I never. You don't really have a a water conditioned uh, whoopee bag. It's better for it to be air conditioned because then you skip a. You know, <laughs> one of the problems that can arise with using an. Uh, whoopee cushion. It is all air operated, you see. Oh, yes, that's true. So the water kind of uh, spoils the whole uh, operation, and you, all you do is hear bubbles. Has anyone ever been truly offended when you used it? Very few, but there have been a couple. Oh, well, you can't really get offended. <laughs> they, uh, my, my wife, uh, uh, we were at some function somewhere, and uh, 
this lady was talking to me, I believe that, uh, I don't know whether the, the logistics are precise, but, uh, uh-huh. and I had the machine, I call it fondly the machine, <laughs> and so I, uh, I let her rip, if you'll forgive the expression, sure, sure. and, uh, and I ripped one. And then another one, and that lady, then she looked, she looked like it was, she was going to catch on fire and ignite on the spot. And then she turned, she was, her lips were trembling, and she turned and looked at my wife, and she said, and you sleep with him. <laughs> well, but, you know, it's, it is a, it is a, uh, you're taking advantage of some people, but I've had too many laughs to, uh, uh, to feel that I can uh, be terribly sensitive about uh, uh, people who can't handle uh, the machine. Yeah. I mean, uh, those are the people who get locked in their own bathroom. <laughs> and the police department has to come and set them free once again. They don't realize that if they had that little machine with them, they would be setting themselves free anytime they want. <laughs> there you go. Some life lessons well, from you, Leslie Nielsen. You sort of brought me out of the closet because I used to carry my uh, my whippy cushion around, and then we talked about it on the air last time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so now people know that. I understand, since this is your only animal, this whoopee cushion, you don't have any other animals. Obviously, you... you well, I, I love dogs and I love cats, but uh, we travel too much. You, and, yeah. uh, Didn't you, you have a drooling cat? A what? A drooling cat, a cat that drooled. Uh, I wouldn't allow a drooling cat in my house. (laughs) And I wouldn't allow a drooling dog. I'm fans of any animal that doesn't drool. (laughs) I'm with you on that. I I really am. I'm I'm, I'm not partial to, uh, 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 like, St. Bernard's or uh, uh, bulldogs, uh, the British bulldog, the old old style. Uh-huh. They, uh, and I and I played the Mr. Magoo. You know, Mr. Magoo was a fan of. Uh, he had his own bulldogs, and right. Uh, and uh, they, you know, were, were fun. But I just, uh, for whatever reason, that's a failing of mine. I'm, well, you know, it's not a failing. It really, it says that I'm busy and I can't pay attention to uh, to an animal. And that's a good thing if you can uh, recognize that. And you are busy because you're constantly doing movie after movie after movie. And I'm sure there's. Uh, what are we on? Scary Movie 13 now? <laughs> <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, I talked with uh, David Zucker yesterday, uh-huh. and uh, he's going to be beginning a, a, a spoof of uh, Spider-Man, I believe, or mm. something like that. And, oh, how uh, fun. So we are discussing uh, uh, the possibility of appearing in that film. Well, you can't so. talk about it yet until it's the deal signed. Otherwise we have no deal, it. so, yeah, it's nothing. I, so I, that's why I'm so vague about it, but it's always nice to talk with David. He's such a remarkable uh, director and writer and uh, humorist, and uh, he's just a pleasure. Something to look forward to. What's this that's coming out? You play Bill Austin in a... Uh, uh, well, I did a uh, Bill Austin. I've for years been attending. Uh, I just got back from there, Minneapolis, and uh, his uh, son-in-law did a film uh, that uh, concerns itself with a young man and his hearing problem. Diversity for you, because uh, it's it's not a comedy. And no, it's not. Bill Austin is the kind of man who runs the whole show and provides all of the money necessary and gives a great deal of it away. He, he, he teaches you what the what the corporate uh, corporate conscience could be. Mm, yes. And I we can't don't, wait to see it. Yeah, we don't have a release date on that yet. Still waiting to release we, It will be coming out shortly. Yeah. Very shortly. And what's the title of it? Uh, you know, I forget. 
See, I didn't uh, uh, pay heavy attention. Well, uh, I, I read the dialogue. I don't read titles. What we'll know? do is we'll have Guido, our intern, uh, uh, make sure that he has the release date. And Are you going to let Guido out again? Does he get out of that uh, cell that you had him just hooked to, into? Just to get coffee in the mornings and uh, <laughs> do little tasks like this. Important tasks. Uh, oh, no, of course. Yes. We of wouldn't course. trust it to anybody else. L yeah. Listen, I know you're busy, and before you go, I want to I want to tell you about a little guy. Uh, his name is Kyle Orent. He is eight years old, and yeah. last summer he sold lemonade to the tune of $20,000. He made $20,000 selling lemonade. Are you kidding? And he gave it all to an organization called Canine Companions for Independence. This is an organization that uh, uh, helps uh, disabled adults. But how remarkable. I know. How, how wonderful. Yes. And he's eight good. years old. Eight adult? years old. He called us up. We spoke to him, and I said, "So, what are you going to do next? What are you going? You know, he, he has friends like he has friends like Donald Trump. But he called me, and I said, "What are you going to do next?" And he says, "I want to get a bunch of collars signed by celebrities and auction them uh, for again this organization." So every time we talk to a celeb, especially during the summer season of stars right now, we're we're asking them if you sign one of these collars, we'll send them to you. You sign them, and you send them right directly to Kyle, and he'll auction them for Canine Companions. For Whatever you like. Okay. You know, if, uh, and, but uh, send them to uh, to uh, well, Florida. Put Leslie Nielsen down for the list. Very good. <laughs> put me down on the list. I'm ready to go bite somebody. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, ladies and gentlemen, on Animal Radio. Thank you so much for coming back. Okay, good to be back. Oh well, that's what actors do. You make a comeback. <laughs> that's all we have for this hour. Remember to spay and neuter. Always adopt and don't declaw. And there's lots more at AnimalRadio.com. This. Is Animal Radio Network. Network.